Thank you for tuning in to the St. Thomas Episcopal Church Advent Calendar Podcast. We hope this episode will be a blessing to you as you are to us for tuning in today. Enjoy. I'm here with my friend, Katie White. She is a counselor um, at a clinic here in Birmingham. And Katie, why don't you tell us about the clinic you work at and how you got uh, into this field? Sure. I work at a Center for Eating Disorders, which is located right outside of Five Points in Birmingham. And I'm a therapist there, but I'm also the assistant clinical director and the director of adolescent services there. So every day I manage the adolescent program with, in addition with doing individual sessions with clients and groups with clients, they all suffer from an eating disorder either anorexia, bulimia, or a binge eating disorder, or sometimes it's a hybrid of one or two um, of those that are listed. I make sure that the staff is doing okay emotionally because this can take an emotional toll on staff members. And I make sure the clients and their families are satisfied with the program and also navigate the school situation because all of our students remain in school and while they're doing their therapeutic work here and they do school here. So that's basically what I do. And there's a lot more involved individually with, I'll get into later with dealing with the clients and dealing with the groups. Um, But I got into this because I think as a woman, just growing up, starting at a young age as a girl, you're taught not to like your body and not to receive compliments well. And that if someone says, I like your shirt, you respond quickly with, well, I like your skirt or your hair looks really good today. You reply with something that puts you down such as, oh, I didn't even wash it or I didn't have a tent to brush it. And you slowly start to develop this really negative relationship with your body that is really hard to, it's really hard to crack. And it does lead to a lot of disordered eating in women. And I think now we're starting to see it in men. And I think I look at myself and my struggles with, with food and with body image and my friends from, my gosh, definitely middle school. I remember people talking about going on diets and it seems the diet culture gets worse and worse every year. And just in college, just how rampant I went to a women's college, how rampant eating disorders are. And that this is, gives me an opportunity to really make a difference. And we believe that you can fully recover from an eating disorder. And I've stayed with it for, this is my 10th year at um, where I work. And it is called a center for eating disorders. That's what we're called. And I really love the work and being able to watch adolescents find themselves without their eating disorder and connect to something greater outside of their self that doesn't deal with food or appearance. It deals with, you know, where they connect spiritually or where they connect socially or where they're connecting academically, that it's truly a rewarding experience. Do you uh, do long-term follow-ups with people who've come through and gone? Can you see, do you kind of maintain those relationships with people uh, you said or kind of, um, what's the right word, healed or pushed through or transformed over their eating disorders? Yes, we call it recovered and we do follow up with an alum 
alums from our program, just kind of at random, we will pick someone and give them a phone call and see how they were doing. We've recently done a lot of alumni phone calls because we wanted to check in with how they were doing with COVID because we're seeing such a surge in, in eating disorders and in relapse as was the substance abuse community. And we just wanted to see how they were doing. And for the most part, our clients do really, really well um, in recovery. Recovery and eating disorder is a good, well over one third can fully recover from this without a problem. And then somewhere in there, um, in the last third-ish, they are either, they just go in and out of treatment for the rest of their life or the eating disorder takes such a toll on their body, they die die from a medical complication, or there is a high rate of suicidality in eating disorders so that they die by suicide. Why do you think COVID is causing, you know, is it the anxiety, is it fear, is it the shutdown, lack of community? It's the anxiety, it's the need to control something, they can control their food, We've also seen a lot of, if you look out there, it's lose your COVID weight, uh, lose your COVID-15. So it gets back into that diet mentality. It could be naturally is that some people just when they were at home and they were working out more, that they started to lose a little bit of weight and the eating disorder voice, even though it's full, you can fully recover. It can so quickly come back, especially if you're one or two years and one to two years into recovery. We're seeing that as far as we have had a large amount of adolescents since COVID and maybe I think 20% of them, the eating disorder began in COVID with uh, not being connected to anyone, not being connected to school, not being connected to friends, kind of this loneliness. And they have, um, and they started dieting or they started looking up recipes and low fat recipes and they started exercising more and it habitually became a pattern and a habit and they rapidly started to lose weight. Then our adolescents also were spending more time at home. So they were not able to hide their eating disorder. So it's really easy to go off to school and tell mom and dad, I'm going to eat breakfast and lunch at school today and then not eat it and only eat dinner or to, you know, eat minimally all day long and go home. Oh, I'm having dinner at so-and-so's house and, um, you know, essentially lie about it. The eating disorder is a very, it's very manipulative and you have to keep it a secret in order to have the eating disorder. But when you're quarantined in your house with your family, it makes it really difficult to keep that secret. I mean, the work you do is amazing and the work you do really is transformative for people's lives and takes people really, you know, from that bleakness and that hardship of addiction um, through recovery and gives people so much healing and life um, and abundant life. You know, it's easy for me to see how this is a, a ministry that you do and this is, you know, godly work, but have you ever had that sense that, you know, this is kind of holy ground or that sense that, you know, I'm doing something and God is here present. I have, I believe that this is, this is my gift from God. I don't have any artistic or musical ability 
where I can say it's a gift of God. However, my creativity that I think I've gotten from God, I've been able to use in reaching my clients uh, when they feel that they are unreachable or they feel like no one can approach them or they feel like no one can help them, that I can get really creative with the tools I learned in graduate school and the tools that I read read about to get them to, based on the way that they learn and they basically communicate, communicate to come up with an approach so that they're able to combat their negative thinking and they're able to develop some coping skills and tools for themselves. We also believe that eating disorders are a spiritual illness because it robs your body, mind, and soul. So that basically when our clients come to us, they're almost empty vessels. They don't know who they are. They can't connect to anyone or anything but the eating disorder. They've lost all sense of spirituality. And we actually have spirituality as a part of their treatment planning. So to be able to watch them to connect to to something else is it's really incredible to witness, whether it's it's nature or it's their form of God or their higher power to be able to sit in a room and witness it is it's really beautiful. And I don't think you get to, you don't really get to see that that often in a person is to be in that intimate relationship where they all of a sudden say, there's something bigger than me out there. There's something bigger than my eating disorder out there. And it, it's this, or I actually feel like I can find God and step out of myself when I step outside and take a deep breath and look at the sunshine. It's, or to have a client and just say, Hey, why don't you take a moment and take a deep breath? And, um, you know, they oftentimes will say a prayer and just to be able to, to be able to sit there and hold the space for them to pray for what they need um, and to actually be able to have that gift that they're actually able to be extremely vulnerable and pray, which is done a lot of time, I think, in our culture and private um, and to be able to help them find out how they can meet their needs or how their needs are already met, if that's making any sense to you. Absolutely. That's so fantastic. If, if I, if I know somebody or if anybody out there listening knows somebody with an eating disorder, you know, what are their first steps to um, maybe contacting you or, you know, what are those first steps to, to make contact? We have actually a contact form on our website, which is a center for eating disorders.com. And you can fill it out virtually and someone will get back in touch with you. It's either myself or a nurse practitioner, Jenna. And we will reach out. We will talk briefly about our program and we offer free assessments. So if you think you have an eating disorder or you have a loved one or a friend that you think that has an eating disorder, um, you're welcome to call on your behalf. And we can help answer any questions you may have. We can normalize the experience. That's what that's what's going on for you of what you're seeing. And um, then work with you on how to get that person in the door for an assessment. And that assessment is just to really find out what level of care your, you need or your loved one needs. Katie, thank you so much for your work. It, no your work is 
so important. And um, I know that there are so many families that have been transformed by it. And uh, I'm grateful that you do that. I know that being in your profession is stressful and not always easy and joyful, but uh, you, you do incredible work. And so I just wanted to say on behalf of everyone, thank you for that. And thank you for this conversation. I think it was really wonderful to hear uh, how God is moving through your work and how you see God every day as you're kind of going back into it. So thank you and may God bless you and keep you. Thank you for tuning in to the St. Thomas Episcopal Church Advent Calendar Podcast. This is the Reverend Josiah Ringers inviting you to join us every Sunday at St. Thomas at 815, 1030 or 5 p.m. or online. Check us out at stthomasepiscopal.net. Thanks again. May God bless you.